Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to Always Almost There, a Goose podcast series, and we move through stormy weather. My name is Kev. And I'm Brian, a.k.a. Jive Goose. I'm Ryan. I'm Danny. And I'm Neil. The five of us are here today to talk about Goose's four-show spring run. Before we jump into talking about the shows, I would like to remind everybody that Always Almost There does have a very fantastic merch store uh, with t-shirts inspired by uh, Straight Burden and uh, Silver Rising right now with more to come in the future. So check that out if you have not already. Who's ready to talk about some Goose? It's been a, it's been a little while since the five of us have... Uh, sat down to talk some goose together. Very we goose been too long. Been too long, you know. It, yeah. For this sure. is actually this is Goose's longest break since the beginning of 2021. Uh, I believe mission to the uh, New Year's shows was five weeks, and this was around six weeks. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm I'm usually wrong, but this is their <laughs> longest break in a while. I didn't even think about that. That's like uh, that's pretty surprising, actually. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they, they started the run, a uh, nice four-show run, as was mentioned, uh, at the Firefly Distillery in Charleston, South Carolina. I just realized on Nugs it says Charleston, North Carolina. North Carolina. But it is yep. South Carolina. Uh, <laughs> do not be fooled. On the April 28th, uh, first set, Flow Down, Indian River, Caution, Time to Flee, Born, and Dr. Darkness. I think a solid set overall. Uh, you know, you had a bit of a shaky start in that flow down, some, uh, some flubs you don't normally see from them. But again, longest break in just over a year. So can be forgiven. Um, the Indian River, I think, is the best one they've played uh, to date. You know, that, that they took that Delta adjacent jam to a nice uh, extended blissy place. A little bit out of the norm for sure. Caution was cool. Time to flee. Really solid jam in that. Um, I think we all wished it would have gone on a little bit longer than it ended up being. Born, 
Um, you know, I think I want to get into this a little bit once we get to the uh, the Beale Street show, just talking about the evolution of the arrangement of this song. But this was a solid version. This one, they just cut out any of the the synth build or that nice, you know, major key jam and just went right to that back end uh, funk groove, which pretty good here. And then Dr. Darkness to close the set. So, you know, solid, nothing crazy. Yeah, a little bit of a new intro in that Born also, right? Yes, they went to more of the the album uh, guitar intro versus, um, you know, Spuds playing the intro on drums like he had been doing recently. Yeah, yeah, which which I like. Um, yeah, you know, that that, that th- you know, this is one of those cases where you know, I I, I think they're both good. Um, I, I don't think that it's a, one is way better than another. Uh, I like them both. I like it. I like that they mix it up. You know. And, you know, with the flow down and and I don't want to steal Neil's thunder because I think he was the first one that was talking about this in our in kind of our group chat that night. But, uh, yeah, that might have been an equipment issue there as well, kind of contributing to to getting that one going. So um, but I'll leave that for Neil. String slip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slips slip string slipping. Yeah. Which is like a, a terrifying thing. Like if, if you play the guitar like it. I mean, more terrifying, I think, on an acoustic guitar than an electric guitar. But like, it, you could definitely like he was in tune, and then immediately he wasn't. So, I, I'm guessing like he just put new strings on on his guitar for that tour, like right off the bat, and then like it just kind of popped out. And like, I mean, he ran with it, which was like admirable that <laughs> they just kind of kept going. Kind of. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he could have got frustrated and then just like kind of stepped off and like you know let like Peter do a thing or two like on keys while he was like getting it set straight. But like, I mean, in the end, like, I, I don't think it really hurt anything. Um, you know, I, I think that the tune turned out fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, he played it cool. I, I'm sure he gave coach an earful after the show or at set break, but, uh, but he played it cool on stage. So that's cool. Gave him some guitarist um, notes. <laughs> <laughs> Indian <laughs> river. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With the Indian river with, <laughs> with the, I was just going to say with the Delta ish Delta adjacent That's what I've been jam, uh, which, and this was a good one. You know, I like it. I, I, I like it. You know, I think we talked last time about, um, you know, getting a version that, that might not have been the most, you know, efficient use of the time, but yeah. this was good. This one was good. And, uh, caution, love it. I think we all got a little bit of the SOS fake the out. SOS fake out. Yep. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. It's, Even it has gotten, it has, I, I thought I'd remembered that happening more than just once, but yeah, I think it was, what was that? OKC and yes. Madison and Madison, Brian. Yeah. It was sure. OKC and, and Madison. And, and Madison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I almost feel like this one was the most, almost like they're almost like it was on purpose. Like, Hey, let's, you know, I'm really going <laughs> to make this sound like SOS. One. It was the best one too. I the best like, SOS Whoa. fake out. The best SOS fake out. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was convinced. Speaking of SOS, I'm very surprised that didn't get a play on this run. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. I had that in my fantasy a lot. Me too. Um, <laughs> but, uh, as a matter of fact, you know, I didn't, I didn't pick any songs the first night that ended up being played. So um, he wasn't great. Is that your first, is that your first golden goose egg? Most likely. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not data that I've tracked. Um, and in fact, uh, uh-huh. you know, I won't be, I won't be keeping much track of that night either. Um, <laughs> well, so I just I'll, made a note. I I'll need let to, you remind me. I need to make a meme for you, man. I'm sorry. 
Yeah. There's no egg meme. Oh man, uh, oh, we need definitely that. need an egg. We need like, that. maybe later tonight. Eggin. Who who else has thoughts on this first set? Yeah, I I Who thought said? the this um yeah this set as a whole I think my opinion of it in the moment wasn't the best um but overall I do I do think like what I liked about it now and 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 back on relisten is it has and as I look at it right now and upon relisten like I said it's got a, a nice feel of sort of a sunset um pretty sure this 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 show started pretty early too yes I don't uh yeah if I, I recall you. Yeah, and so yeah, 10, 10 p.m. curfew or something, or a six start, six six thirty. Uh, but anyways, it just had a feel, sort of the sunset, the time to flee. We've seen sort of open um, or be early in set one at like uh, Suwanee. They did it last year, I recall. Indian River. We were wondering if it was going to be darkness that followed it. Sure enough, they found it later. Kevin had made a good point that night. Um, yeah, that jam is probably one of my f- actually favorite sort of moments of the night. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one I'll go back to. I think they find a really nice space after kind of hitting the the the, the normal um, delta kind of ish arrangement. Yeah, but fun um, overall. Nothing really crazy. The born was yeah maybe just a little awkward in that transitional moment, like we said, without the synth build. But I do like the the intro. Sort of it it, it floated in well. I think in, in the setting, coming off flea and kind of quiet with the guitar, and it kind of picks up. So. Yeah, overall good good first set. I think they're just kind of warming up. So yeah, that's my thought. I I do also I do also I, I forgot to mention with Born. Uh, I believe Peter used that like looping vibraphone thing on the Nord that he used uh, in the the Philly this old sea. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that's I, right. I, it, would, it would it would come up a couple more times, I believe, uh, in these few shows. But it, it's 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 interesting to see him kind of expand the capabilities of that keyboard a little bit and use it in unique ways. I think that's not, you know, a looping vibraphone. It's not something you really would expect to hear in a setting like this. So that's I, the same thing cool. that's in the Cleveland Rockdale, right, Ryan? That that's not him looping it though. So he plays the vibraphone. Yeah, he's actually that. playing it. Gotcha. Yeah, but this is like a an arpeggiator but with a vibraphone. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting yep. to hear. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed that that jam that came in the back end of like Indian River, you know, we can call it Welcome to the Delta Jam, whatever. But like they, I, I mean, to be at this show and to probably be experiencing this probably was like pretty pretty amazing. So they had that like really beautiful kind of blissed out like Golden Hour jam in the end of Indian River, which like I'll, I'll go back and listen to that when I've gone back and listened to it a bunch, and then you know after Caution. And, and flee, they kind of picked up where that jam left off. Um, and, you know, there's some really kind of beautiful piano playing from Peter. Yes. Lots of gentle bed of piano, if oh, you will. Oh, very much so. Many gentles. I can, yeah, I mean, it's really good. Um, I mean, you know, it's not like a, a flea that you're going to write home about, but it, it was a good one. And it, it's worth listening to. And it, it has that vibe of the moment, which, you know, I, I think Daniel was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And then for Born, you know, as awkward as the transition was from like Born the Tune to Born the Jam, it turned into like a really good funk jam, you know, after the the thing that everybody wants to kind of call 2001, which is like kind of this brief launch pad into whatever the jam is that Born is. And I, I, I thought that was actually one of the more fun jams of the night. Like if I was there and I was dancing, like that one would have got me good. So, yeah. I, I think as as much as like, you know, you want to talk about like Born and like 
how born it kind of has multiple identities. Right. And like, I think the, the other born born that's played on this tour, like has another identity Easy. entirely. Easy. And like, <laughs> like folks want to hear that, like synth build and, and, and all that stuff. Um, the, like I said, the, the transition from the tune into this jam was awkward, but the, the jam that came after, I think was like pretty, pretty satisfying jam. Yeah. Uh, as, as far yeah. as like, you know, kind of like funk jams go. You know, and yeah. I, I will say your point on, on the keyboards, I, I keep remembering things that I was going to say, and I'm sorry I cut you off again, Brian, but I just want to quickly note uh, Peter's keyboard playing. I will be talking a lot about it when we talk about Asheville, but it seems like he's he's been shedding uh, the last six weeks. You know, his, his piano work seems really fantastic. I noticed during yes. this first set, um, his piano and organ doubling, uh, you know, playing organ with one hand, piano with the other, had definitely improved. I think he was doing more with, you know, split hands. Um, there was also some really interesting, I think it was during Indian river um, where he had like a, a bit of a delay on the piano and it was a really cool effect. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to hear how his playing continues to evolve so much, you know, and he pushes the boundaries of it. Similarly too, in born, there was a period where I wasn't sure if he was playing vintage vibe or if he was playing the Hammond at one point. It, like early on, it's like very clear, like later in the jam that he's playing the vintage vibe, but like there was an effect there that kind of made it confusing for me. Um, and I'm not a keyboard guy. So like, I don't really know for sure, but he got multiple won't be sounds too hard on you. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, multiple sounds <laughs> like out of the keys there where like it was confusing enough where it was like interesting for the listener, I guess. Bring back the three part born. I, I feel like I just learned a bunch of new keyboard terms just in the last two minutes. What was that called? Like uh, the uh, doubling? Doubling. I, I doubling. kind of came and up then, with that. Uh, I don't know if there's a name. And then, the, and then what was the other one? The two-hand job? Two-hand job. I, I didn't see <laughs> with, that. I said while, you're, while you're working your hips. Okay. The two-hand jive. Yeah, his Peter hips. The two-hand jive. Nice. Okay. All right. Okay. The, anything so, else? Set one? Set? Set no, two. I think it was a. It shows its versatility. We'll, we'll be talking yeah. about. There's a couple songs from... Yeah. especially tomorrow, but the versatility of these new songs where we're seeing them try, you know, not as maybe quote unquote successfully as I would like them to be or of the general population, whatever you want to say, but they're trying something new, which is, which is good to see. We're taking risks. So can't complain. Exactly. And okay. now well, so- we will talk about born again because it's the only, the only song that they played twice in these four. Yeah, shows. There you go. Hmm. Okay, second set on on paper. This, I mean, this set just looks crazy on paper. So sexy on paper. Uh, no, Tumble Creatures, yeah. Rosewood Heart, Arrow, and they played an encore. You love the Steppenwolf encores, man. I like the way you feel. Oh, oh, sorry. You know, it's it's definitely it's it's not a bad cover. You know, I I would just, you know, it's no American Woman. Exactly. Hey, I'm on record. I I love. Uh, the the carpet ride wherever it shows up in it's the a set. great it's a great um it's a great cover but like you know there's a lot more on the table that they didn't play later in the run that could have worked in an encore there now i i don't know how close they were to curfew if they only had time for a magic carpet ride um but like you know they did a, they throw, did well and we'll talk about that too when we talk about arrow but um but that was seven minutes i mean you, yeah. you could throw you could throw a butter rum in there I think I picked the rum anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, second no, let's set. Let's not be controversial. <laughs> second set. Oh, yeah. um, the, you know, the, the tumble, pretty standard for me. I think it was a solid 
17 minutes of tumble. Um, Creatures got into a really, really nice groove. Uh, you know, nothing crazy out of the ordinary or groundbreaking from what you can expect from them here. But I, I thought it was really great. Again, more fantastic keyboard work from Peter, but just, you know, very solid jam. Rosewood hit into some very typical uh, Rosewood jam themes, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of hinting it outside the song, but just very typical for what you see from a Rosewood jam these days. And Arrow was great. You know, Peter hit the keys again for that jam. I think, you know, we saw for the first, you know, leg of the year, the winter tour, we saw Peter's guitar playing really standing out in a lot of spots. Um, And it seems like he's making the shift to emphasizing his keyboards. Um, And, you know, we'll see what happens once summer tour kicks off at the end of May. But it seems like he's kind of shifting modes a little bit. And I think it's really cool to see him kind of giving both sides an equal share because you know last year was a lot about the keys and moving forward with the keys and then he emphasized guitar again for a bit so i'm interested to see how that continues to evolve four shows two festi sets and no doc brown that's i think that's not that the the place for it probably for sure first set but i would say Asheville would have been but yeah let's talk about the second set more who's who's got Oh, I mean, I've got lots of thoughts on the second set. Talk about it. I think at the time, like, I wasn't like super stoked on the set. I, I, I mean, the tumble's good. It's like a nice, compact rager of a tumble. And you know, we talk about efficient jams. I think all the time when we do this podcast. But um, this was one of those. You know, it, it didn't go anywhere crazy. But like, I, I think, you know, if you were there at that show, you were loving this jam. And I, I, I can't stop talking about Peter's guitar tone in tumble jams. Uh, he has that like perfect strat tone. I don't mm-hmm. know how he achieves it. And it's really only this tune too, that he does it in. Well, you um, know, if you want to learn more about Peter's guitar, yeah, a very right. handy dandy video. Great. Right move through stormy weather, uh, um, YouTube channel. But like, yeah, it, 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 uh, the, his tone in this is, it's just, it's so awesome to focus in on. It's, it's like, in my opinion, like the perfect strat tone. You know, he doesn't play a strat, but it is a strat tone. And uh, I, I could just listen to him the whole time. And, you know, the peaks at the end were like really good. It, it, it was, you know, a short er tumble relatively. But yeah, that, that one must have been really great live. Creatures following. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Like they did like every bit of Creatures Jam that they could possibly do, I think. Like there was like, uh, you know, they kind of ran the gamut there. They started with the, the Kylie like kind of transition jam and then walked away from that almost immediately. And then briefly kind of did like a, like the dark horse jam that they kind of do sometimes in creatures uh, and then walked away from that. And then they kind of settled into that klezmerish thing that they can do. that can take like a really heavy, like klezmer turn, um, but it didn't. And I, you know, I, I think that was a pretty solid creatures. And then uh, Rosewood, I, I don't know, as far as Rosewoods go, this one, you know, wasn't my favorite, uh, but there was a pretty nice peak at the end that they kind of really built up to. And I, I think that was kind of, you know, if you're going to like chop out two minute segments of a show, like that might've been one of the cooler two minute segments of that show. Um, and then Arrow, that was like the one of the better, like Berkeley jazz funk fusion things I've heard them ever do. Like it <laughs> sounded incredibly Berkeley to me. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's obnoxious to say, but um I, I really enjoyed it. Like Peter was like really, really awesome on the clav uh, for a good stretch of that jam. 
And then Rick was, was also sounding like really amazing, like kind of like alternating between like rhythm and, and lead riffs. And, um, I, I think the only thing that killed that arrow was that they had to walk away from it and go into the drone jam into the encore, which like, I think we talked about this earlier, which it was like a pretty quick walk away from that jam. And it was, it was good. That was a really, really good jam that they walked away from. But I think time just kind of got in the way. Yep. Time. Yeah. So is that, I mean, is that a, okay. Are you done Neil? Cause you said you had a lot to talk about. This <laughs> I think that I was it. I think I said a lot. I think it's I also have like a, lot. Minutes, a record for me. Okay, cool. Cause I have a lot to say about this one too. Beautiful. And let me just, let me start here. So I feel like this is one of those shows where that it, so it kind of gets a bad rap, right? And that's through, and I, what I mean by that is, you know, people online, you know, in, in our kind of group chat, the things that we were talking about. And so I think, I think a lot of times I can say personally that when I'm listening to these shows or watching these shows in the moment from home, I'm looking at them through a very like hypercritical jam centric lens. Mm-hmm. We all and are. And so, yeah. And so, and so in the moment, I think sometimes, you know, maybe I feel disappointed. Right. But then when I step back, you know, and, and through re-listening and, and things like that, you know, you, you really start to get, then you can judge over time, you know, where, where you think these things rank or, or however you do it. But this is a good example of one of those shows where, yeah, I mean, I agree with what you said, Neil. I mean, Tumble is is short and sweet, and it's good. It's a good version, right? Rosewood, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there as well. There's a couple minutes there when it was some of the best jamming I thought of the night. Um, I skipped Creatures, Creatures that felt to me like it went for a few minutes at a time where maybe there just there weren't a lot of ideas being shared, and 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 it was at, a little bit at a, at a loss. For creativity and so maybe they recycled through like when you say oh they went through every every creature's jam you know kind of felt like they were maybe they were looking for something and just never quite found it the last yep. few minutes though i really like and then arrow si- similar story right and so i guess my, my the only point i want to make is you know when we think about like when people ask us oh you know why do you like this band so much you know you know like you know, people ask me, you know, the shit they ask me, well, you, what, you named your dog after this band? You know, like, what's what's the deal? You know what I mean? Like, you're really into them. What, what do you love about it? My, my first answer is never the, the sick jams, you know? My first answer is always, oh, these guys have such great songs. And, you know, the songwriting's good. The vocals are good. You know, tight musicianship and definitely jams. And so... You know, when we talk about re-listen, like re-listenability and things like th- this with shows that we're not at, I think sometimes it's too easy for me to maybe be a little dismissive. And then I start thinking, man, this is one of those shows where if I were there, I'd have been psyched for the second set. You yeah. know what I mean? So I just wanted to make that point that, you know, yeah, I bet this was a really fun show to be at, you know, and just because... Maybe it didn't have a groundbreaking jam or like a sweet 16 jam of the year type jam that doesn't tell the whole story. And so I know I was a little bit hard on this show at first. I still think it's a great show and I probably won't do a ton of re-listening. Indian River was the best jam of the night. I yield my time. 
Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think I feel similar. I mean, I think what you made some good points, Brian. The thing for me and what I have to take into account when I talk about how I feel about a show is, you know, with how much how many shows we have or how, uh, you know, the ability we have now to listen to shows that we want, uh, soundboards, you know, and at a more frequent, um, a quicker pace, pardon me, after the show, which is great. But it's like, I just don't have time to sometimes go back and listen to some of these shows that can feel a little empty. And I feel the same. I was more critical in the moment. In hindsight, the second set's, you know, solid. Indian River is definitely the, the one I would go back to. It'll be on my uh, best jams of the year type list. So that's one I might hear again. Some of the second set just felt a little uninspired. Yeah, I like the Rosewood though. That's one I sort of go back to probably because I happen to like the song quite a bit. Um, I think it just gets very pretty for a moment. Good peak and yeah, a good little pocket. But yeah, overall, just the rest of it, it felt sort they were settling in, like Ryan said, you know, earlier, longest time off in a while. And I think we can't deny the fact that, or anybody that plays live music, I don't, but it probably takes a moment to kind of get into the groove again with your band. So yeah, it's a good show. All will warm up for the next night though. Slow ready or pardon. No, no, slow ready. That's the next one. Magic carpet ride was I'm a little ahead of yourself there was typical there. Uh, I'd say so. It was unsurprising, made me laugh a little bit, and I'm glad we got a good show the next night. <laughs> Take the magic carpet ride over to Asheville. Yeah, we we ready ready to move on to Asheville here. Asheville Asheville did have quite the week of music last week. You know, they had Goose, I think J Rad played there, Krungbin, Snarky Puppy, a couple other bands like good Neighbor. Never like a weekend. Neighbor and and Goose. it was all in like two days. So like yeah. you know, it's a blessing and a curse because then you have to choose between all those shows. Um, but Goose, Asheville, April 29th, uh, first set, Echo of a Rose, Jive One, Jive Lee, Madhavan, Bob Don, Sinnerman. Pretty, pretty standard Echo of a Rose to start. You know, nothing crazy here. They do finish it all in one with a pretty short jam, which you don't see as often now. Usually it leads into something. Um, Jive One, you know, just like the one from DC, we see a really, really extended intro here i was actually I, I was looking at my phone i was like wow that it seems really short for how long this intro is uh, but great organ solo from peter here and then this jive lee hits and yeah you know neil you mentioned that in the fantasy goose chat you were arguing over whether this was even jive lee because they barely played the riff at the beginning and they just jump right into this dark groove and peter this is the first you know peter peter doesn't usually use synth in this way you know the synths yep. usually are very they come out in the songs where the synth is in the song like you know slow ready born whatever beginning of 726 but this is the first one of the only times that we've seen him use the synth in the way he does here and it's very very subtle at the beginning you know it's it's, it's hard to hear unless you're listening super closely but man he just it's just so good. Like kind of a synth bassy kind of thing at the beginning. Then he starts doing more chordal stuff, you know, really cool, uh, reverse delay work on the vintage vibe, which, you know, he uses usually like intro of tumblay, but th this drive lead seemed way longer than, uh, you know, 13 minutes and 42 seconds to me. And it's just absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. Might be my new favorite drive Lee, you know, wow. um, I'm good. It's a damn good one. 
it's it's really good. And you know, Jive Lee continues its uh its its twenty twenty two comeback. Uh really the last couple of versions. You know, uh Nashville was phenomenal. Uh this one, you know, and really hopefully unique. we continue up from here. But you know, really cool. And then Modavon again, continuing what I said uh in Charleston, how Peter's really stepping out on the keys. He takes this jam on the keyboards and Oh my God. You know, I think, I believe this is the first Modavon where he has used the keys instead of guitar. You know, we've seen in a couple of different songs that he is, he's done this, you know, creatures before 2021 was always a guitar jam. I don't believe he's taken a, a tumble jam on the keys yet, but I'm sure it's only a matter of time, but hearing the piano and the organ uh, in this song and the way he comes in on the organ towards the end there, just really, really good. And the first couple of minutes of this are just great dissonant stuff. And you always love to hear Bob Don and Cinnamon, you know, and just really strong first set. Cinnamon, the cinnamon. Yeah, this Bob is a fun Don without Bob Don without. What Bullshit. a yeah, it's not <laughs> not good enough. Kev is but, not happy. I mean, if if they Bob Donned with in this set, who who knows? But um, it's too powerful. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it. I I the yeah, I've been sort of raving about this set. If I'm honest, so you guys can attest to. Just very much like, you know, it's not necessarily until obviously the Jive Lee Madhavan in, in the middle of the set is really the meat of it. But just from the start, um, Echo, very clean, like I said, straightforward. But I think as we could tell and as the set progressed, very laid back, um, probably sort of the atmosphere of where they were in Asheville, nice like mountain town, um, beautiful space, Jive One very good as well, but still had sort of a, a sense of it felt like a little slower and more patient. And then we really saw it with the Jive Lee, like you said, yeah, that, that version is um, super, super unique, super different. So for those who haven't heard it, definitely jump on it. It's, it's, it's one of the, the better, I think one of the coolest moments of the year so far, I, I find myself continually going back to it since this has been released. And it really evoked sort of the the patient, slow, um, the whole jam itself, like we said, was was very sort of left field and Peter, you know, driving it in different ways. Rick was very sort of complimentary to all the work that Peter was doing, I felt, um, listening a lot, sort of didn't really drop into the heavy guitar line and melody. And then, um, yeah, just, just a wonderful sort of 14 minutes and felt longer. But uh one of the cooler Madhavans as well. Just very different, showing the variety with their songs. Like you said, Peter playing on the piano and taking some keys into this song, which um, I like seeing. You know, I'd love to see Tumble, by the way. I heard you say that. But yeah, and then just good, good, solid Bob Don Centerman to finish. Um, but yeah, the, the middle two tracks, but overall just the whole set itself, I thought was one of the cleaner sets in a while just front to back just no sort of misses for me very well performed and a completely different feel from the night before which i think we were all relieved by it was like i was like wow they sound like a different band um and so yeah good things came from it so, you know what yeah. d what i really liked about this show and and kind of going into the second set a little bit but not too much uh the drip field teases that were kind of just laced throughout the show just kind of casual listening back i caught 
a handful. I caught one in Jive Lee. I caught one towards the end of Madhavan. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the the drip drums that happened in Wisteria before they actually dropped the drip field on us uh, towards the end of set two. I thought it was cool how they kind of just wove that song thematically throughout the show. I thought that was just a really cool thing. And hell of a set, too. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, this Echo, like, I, I think it, it doesn't kind of reach the the kind of... I think you can get two kinds of Echoes, right? You can get the Echo that's, like, super high energy, like the the Echo that, like, I really love from Montana, right? And then there's, like, kind of, like, ultra-experimental Echoes um, that you've kind of seen, like, peppered throughout winter, right? Um, and this one didn't have that super high energy aspect, but like was still like a really awesome echo and like a, a hell of a way to kind of start it off. And then, uh, you know, I, I think you guys have said a lot about Lee. I mean, there was a ton of dragonfly in that Lee. Um, oh, and it duh, got very, that. very Ted, very Ted for like a while there. Oh, Madavon was yeah. like a, a great Madavon. I, I, I think, you know, a lot of folks who were at that show said that was like a highlight of the show. Um, so if you're standing there, like in, in front of the band, like folks really enjoyed that one. One cool thing about the the Madavon is that if you look, listen really close on the soundboards, you can hear like the the folks in the front row singing the Doug lost his drugs part. Doug's lost his drugs. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great, and it's like it's definitely worth like listening close into. So like shout out to the folks in the front row, there, the Noah, Noah, the Noah Ray, Noah and, and Noah and everybody. Yeah, for sure. And then one thing I really enjoyed about this, this Madavon was Trevor's bass playing as it kind of gets like later into the jam, like roughly at about like the 13 minute mark, you kind of get this two headed attack of, of Rick and Trevor kind of leading the melody. Like there's not much like pocket bass um, from Trevor on this one. Like he's playing a lot of notes and it's pushing the the melody of the song. It's like kind of Phil Lesh esque that, I don't know if this happens in, in all Madavons. Uh, like I need to go back and listen to a bunch to kind of really have like a firm opinion on this, but I really, really enjoyed his bass playing in this one. I, I thought it was, it was awesome. And then right at the 1330 mark, I think Peter agreed with me and you got <laughs> yeah. your first like Peter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of the tour uh, there. So if you want to go listen back to Always kind of, highlight to Peter being like super stoked, uh, it happens right there at about 1330. Uh, in that Madavon. And then, uh, you know, Bob Don is, is, is always welcome in the first set. I think it's a sign of just a heater of a show. Bring back. And then Sinnerman, you know, kind of ended with like a pretty nice jam. And then again, we keep talking about Peter on the piano. Peter like definitely sounded really good at the end of the Sinnerman. And then, you know, Rick's vocals can't be understated here. They're outrageously good. And if you're looking for a first set closer, I mean, hell yeah, this is this is the one. Uh, it, it just sounds incredible. Yeah, it's not quite as the same as what the Philly one, and um, yeah, but still, good, Power. good. It's a great song. I like it. I, yeah, I was just gonna say, Neil. I'm, you know, I was gonna say the same thing actually about Trevor uh, in that Madavan, and it's so it's so funny because that that it was standing out so much to me. And it mm-hmm. almost just, I, I feel like I hear that a lot in, in a lot of other jams too. And, we, and, I, and we've mentioned it a little bit before, but sometimes I'm listening to him and I'm just like, it's almost deceiving. I'm like, I'm like, is he, is he leading this jam? Is he crushing this jam that hard? Or am I just 
does he, is this happening all the time? And I'm really high right now or something. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> right. I've right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. But, that, that, but, but I think He's it's crushing. telling that that happens to me so much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, yeah. That, that, that was the standout bit for me. Um, nothing more to say about the, you know, the lead that you guys didn't already say. Uh, the only thing I'll say about Cinnamon is, so that was the first cover to get a third play this yep. year, which uh, stood out a little bit more at the time. And then it turns out I'm writing a novel, got two songs later, also hit 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 three plays. So, but I, I think that's great that Cinnamon's getting those plays. I thought it would have been great if they might have extended this one a little bit further out as the set closer. I think at some point we've got to see this gets stretched out a little bit more because it feels like it's such a cool groove uh, that, that would lend itself so perfectly to that kind of treatment. So, um, and so, yeah, Ryan, head us into set two. That's, that's all I got for set one. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, there is a writing a novel in it. Uh, set two goes Wisteria Lane, writing a novel, Red Bird 726 in Dripfield with a slow ready encore. Wisteria continues to just, I, I think, just be the MVP of 2022. You know, Sugar every version. Just really, really good. You know, as Echo good as, as good. As, no, <laughs> there's not. A, there's not a version of Echo that's better than the best two Wisterias. Top three. I've got two Echoes better than the second Wisteria. Okay, well, you know what? I'd I say don't. one for sure, definitely, oh. maybe two. Yeah, that's fair. You Tangent. all, you all, you all are are not as hot on. How about how about Wisteria's <laughs> batting average Just, is one thousand right now? For, for everybody yeah. who's listening to this, if you are a reader of the El Goose Times, uh, if you are excited about the volume that's coming out uh, on this upcoming summer tour, you'll be very happy to know that I spend a lot of time talking about that. DC Wisteria Lane in my recap, and I do mention that you know I, I'm at least aware that there's a lot of attendance bias involved. But yeah, in case you didn't know, listeners, Ryan was at that show. <laughs> I really like that jam. Yeah. Hey, um, Ryan. Yes. The number two Wisteria. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to interrupt. But you know, Should we talk that's about a, the show it, that we're talking about. No, it's a <laughs> but no, but it's an interesting point about talking about Wisteria and like kind of. You know, the quickness with with which we might want to say, oh, yeah, you know, song of the year so far or whatever. And 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 maybe it is. There's definitely an argument for it. But then when you really start to think about it, though, look at all the songs that you could make that argument for, because you could make it for Wisteria. You could easily make it for Echo. Echo. Yeah. You could make it for Pancakes, Redbird. Bird. Rosewood. Rosewood. I say Rosewood not as much. Rosewood, yeah. probably not as much. I agree with that. But like, but yeah, it's, Pancake, Purge, Echo, Wisteria, for sure. Yeah, it, this year has just been so incredible yeah. so far. Rosewood would be in tier two with I, I bet you I need. I bet you we give uh, Rockdale another uh, tour and it'll be up there. Yeah. It's so anyway, but yes, point, point, point being Great like, point. it's pretty amazing that, and two of those songs are new songs, even more amazing. Mm-hmm. But amazing that there's we could we could say you know at least four maybe five songs that any anybody could make a really good argument for man this is the song that's you know most consistently crushing so far this year in you know five six or seven plays so that's pretty cool definitely um so yeah so Wisteria Jam really great here I you know the segue into novel is great um you know that's the second consecutive great segue into novel uh, that the song has had which is cool to see or third actually yeah it came out of the labyrinth jam in san francisco right yeah the technical difficulties jam yeah which well, was basically just novel 
but yeah. Yes. You know, I, I think Wisteria definitely could have benefited from a few more minutes of jamming, um, but still really good in what we got, and it's uh, 15, 16 minutes. And then this red bird. You know, I don't know if it was like after we did the straight burden video thing that the just song just got better, but like, I, I don't know. I just am absolutely in love with this song. I, I, think, I just love I this think, song. I think it made us better. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's made me a better person. It's yeah, made me a better person. Since I've lived the life of the bird, <laughs> you well, can actually hear it though. In in like even on the on, on the boards, you can people hear are singing. people singing the song. Yeah, now, it's a, that's yep. awesome. People are and then, straight bird. And then Ben Ben is uh flop flop flapping his wings, isn't he? Like on the yeah. I feel on the video. So, anyways, I'm sorry, but it it is. It just makes me giddy too. Everybody, well, yeah. And then there's also safer. someone in the crowd. Uh, like I think when they go into the chorus the first time, you hear someone in the crowd just yell like, "Time for a bird to fly!" When it's time, <laughs> man. Which when it's incredible. time. Dude. It's like everybody's so pumped for it. You know, it's it is. It is super happy cool. Song, yeah. It's awesome, and and the sing along is great. I think you know that's going to just continue to get better. And I, I when I listened to this earlier, uh, when I was in the car. I very audibly could hear the crowd singing along in the background. It was just. It made me. Yeah, it made me very happy. And it's just so cool that we made this song what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is right. us. You know, we we did this. <laughs> it's all it's all D. It's all straight burden. Straight <laughs> burden. So this jam, though, like, you know, I I mentioned before we started recording that this might be my new goat red bird. Um, I know there's some disagreement, um, among us, which, you know, always healthy when we don't always have the same opinion. You know, I don't want I don't want to lock that in just yet you know, whether it dethrones Pittsburgh or not, but I think at the very least it is my second ranked red bird. You know, I really absolutely love the jam here. I think it goes uh, in a slightly more unique direction. Again, more really great synth work from Peter here during that build and that end, that peak just makes me so happy. Goosebumps. <laughs> Goosebumps. And mm-hmm. I love it. And then, you know, they go into seven, two, six, I think seven, two, six and your ocean are both my favorite uh, you know, ballad Soft landing, landing pads. pads. Yeah, the best landing camp. pads. Yeah. I would say the best landing pad is still Moby, but um, my favorite ballad landing pads are uh, seven two six and uh, Your Ocean. But seven two six works really, really well here, and then carries over into a nice primal banger drip field. You know, this song is just awesome. Teased all show. Teased all show, and then they finally play. And they it. give it to us. And then I, I really love the way that you know they for the second night in a row they do that kind of drone jam thing where they leave Non-core. loops going uh, as they leave the stage and then come back on. Um, and then I really love the way that Slow Ready emerges out of that. Yep. You know, I, I yeah, thought that was, that was I perfect. thought that was a cool way to utilize it. And you know, Slow Ready is a great encore. But this really strong second set, um, really strong show. Yeah, I mean. I suppose we should talk about the bird before we talk about anything. When um, it's time, when it's time. But, uh, you know, the, the, the first, there's like, I think two distinct parts of this jam, at least as I hear it, it kind of kind of drops into a very mellow jam with like more excellent piano playing by Peter. My notes were like gentle beds of piano everywhere. Um, love, and they that were, love that you're, yeah, no, I'm just going to use that. the hell out of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then there was like a brief stop again on like a dragonfly theme. And then uh, the drums just kind of kick into drip field. And then you kind of get like a really wet bass sound from Trevor 
which sounded absolutely amazing. Yeah, the liquid. And then and then you get like this whole section of Rick playing the dragonfly kind of motif like on guitar, and then the drums playing Dripfield like at the same time. Oh. And oh man, that that's absolutely freaking incredible. And then Peter is kind of just like hammering away at the piano, kind of laying down like a rhythm behind it. Primal. And it, it's so good. And that's not even the best part of this jam. They do a full pause and reset. And then that's when the Peter synth build starts. And then that's where the, the this bird goes like completely off the rails. Uh, it's, it's so ridiculously good. It, I mean, this tune is is one of their better tunes right now. And this is like a, a fine example of it. Like, I, you know, I, I don't want to say it's like the best version ever. It's certainly different than other versions. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a it's very amazing. good one. Very, very good one. But like, I want to back this up a little bit and talk about I'm writing a novel. That song, well, like, it's probably not like my favorite song, like before I heard Goose cover it is turning into one of their best covers. I, I love I, it. I, I mean, yeah, they do it so well. They absolutely fucking nailed this song. And um, it, the first guitar solo that Rick does, like he spent some time thinking about this tune and playing that guitar solo because that guitar solo absolutely rips that first guitar solo. And then his vocals on it are incredible. And you know, you don't want to talk about like I'm writing a novel as like a high point of the set, but like, man, that is such a perfect cover to drop into the set. Mm. It is, it is wonderful. Um, and I implore anybody to go back and, and listen to that and then kind of focus in on, on Rick's solo in that too. It's got a little back on the train vibe too. Oh man. It's, it's just so um, good. I, I thought so good. In, in Cleveland, when they went into it out of tumble, I like turned to my dad and I was like, I know they're not playing back on the train. But like <laughs> they're playing back on the train. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the tune is the tune, right? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. That's what it is. It is good. It is good. I I felt there was it, it, it in the moment. It seemed a bit awkward for me. I, I thought, yeah, just the way that Wisteria kind of settled. Great, great version. Um, like you guys said, yeah, it's you know, arguably the the the, the worst quote unquote one of the the. the the, the version so far this year, which isn't saying much at all because it's still very, very good. Um, Are you ranking yeah, novels? No, Wisteria, I said. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I rank novels. Of course you do. You have a spreadsheet yeah. for that. You have Love to, yeah. There's the three this year, you know, the, the Max played, but no, great. Uh, but I, yeah, I think writing novels sounds very good. The whole set is just that you guys basically took the words out of my mouth. The Redbird, though, like Neil said, um, and the Dragonfly sort of motifs and teases themes whatever you want to call them i think as we've seen now and we continued to see in the next couple of shows too and neil you've pointed it out to me of course but like it's just a, a space that rick clearly feels comfortable playing right now it's like maybe they won't even ever do the dragonfly complete you know song again hopefully i hope they do but um it's just a space they always find now and it's it's very pretty you know one could say maybe maybe push it out but just a sick set. I love that this show is, is very, very clean front to back. Doesn't really have any holes. And then you had to finish off one of the, my favorite birds gives me goosebumps every time. D you started a movement, man, straight. Bird. Yeah, dude, it's so fun. It makes me really happy for the community as a whole though. I 
too. I think, you know, as, as jokes aside from everybody singing it, it's just like, it's awesome, right? It's cool. Optimistic as fuck, man. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. That's all I got to say. I, I'm all on board with this show. It's definitely one of my favorites of the year so far. Still not willing to hasty rank it, but it's one of my favorites. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. I'm not, I, I haven't, I haven't done that hasty ranking yet. So, but, but it'll be interesting to see where it fits in. And by the uh, time you rank nice, it, it won't be hasty. It's a nice, it, it is a, it's a nice laid back. You know, it has a nice laid back vibe throughout some great jams. It's like great, one I'll put on always. I feel like it's just an yeah, easy story. Great to set list construction. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's really good. You know, and, and honestly, if uh, if I wanted to to look at it and, and and try to find something to be critical about, there's not much, you know. It would be that, like I said earlier, you know, I'd throw a little bit more mustard at the end of Center Man to make that a real big set closer, like more of an exclamation point on that set, which I felt like that set maybe deserved. Yeah, and true. then I and I also like 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 many of you are saying, you know, I love. You know, I'm writing a novel as a cover. I think it's a really strong cover for them. I don't know if that's where I'd put it. You know, that probably wouldn't be my first first choice placement. Uh, but like you said, I mean, it's, it's it's a killer set, and you know, everybody's talked about the the wisteria. Yep, every every version has been so strong. This one's really good. Red, another awesome Redbird seven two six, just pure beauty right there, and. And then yeah, and then, and then dropping into the drip, and that's that's a phenomenal set closer. That so yeah, so that's that's perfect placement. If we're you know, I mean, if, if I'm saying something about writing a novel, maybe not being where I would place it, that's perfect placement for drip field. I mean, that's I feel like set two closer. That might be one of the best one of the best spots for it. I don't know. Um, and then classic slow ready encore. I mean, that's. Give the people yeah. what they want. Yeah, and, and and finished off that laid back vibe that, that yeah. was kind of prevalent throughout the night. You know what I mean? So it was a it was a fitting end, you know. But yeah, yeah, it's this is the, I mean, obviously this was the best show of the four. It's just going to be a matter of you know where where does it rank up against some of the because we, we you know that winter tour was was pretty strong. So it'll be interesting to see does it crack the top ten, top five? Who knows. In the moment, I felt uh, like a note that I made in the moment was laid back but locked in for the show. It's definitely a show that uh, we talked about this uh, pre-recording that this is a show that we'd recommend probably to people that were getting into Goose for the first time because it's not like straight out like 22, 25-minute jams on necessarily anything but just well-executed songs from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a show that I'll revisit probably after we're done recording tonight. Yep. I'm listening to it right now in, in one ear. <laughs> <laughs> He's just bringing That's the so energy into our recording. He's burden. He's fucking, yeah, burden. Burden in one ear, podcasting in the other. When it's All right, time, should, we, it's should we do time, next night? Yes, so Sweetwater 420 Fest, a very large crowd. Was it 25,000 people? The latest controversy in the Goose community. <laughs> yeah. Um, Joel Cummins of Umphreys McGee commented on how uh, it was remarkable that the entire audience left during Umphrey's second set, which was crazy. It allowed them so a lot of space right there. to play. It's proof that's right proof there. Right you know, there. The heads that's, it? that's it. The whole I heard it. empty. I, I, yeah. I mean, I heard it could have been, you know, I mean, coach said 25. I think that was conservative. I, I heard it could have been up to 35, 37. 38 is what I heard. 38,000. Yeah. 
Let's just be real. It was a huge crowd, okay? It was a huge. big crowd. It was, huge. A, it was a sizable crowd. Um, but, you know, pretty cool to see Goose on the, the secondary stage of the festival. Get that kind of draw. Um, but, you know, moving into the set list, you know, I think I definitely, and I think some of you guys too, you know, every song that they played was like, of course they're playing this song. Why didn't I pick it on my fantasy? Oh, um, I did, Ryan. I, I had um, that. Oh, you oh you did pick it on your fantasies. But you I know. picked them all. Yes. Oh, you I did. Neil, Neil had a good fantasy night. I did not. I did. I did. I'm just going to pat myself on the back right now before you continue. Oh. It's like actively happening right now. Go ahead. Um, uh, so is this the first hot tea opener ever? Have they, Has it opened a show before? B? That's rare, right? Oh, shoot. Drive. I feel like you guys are asking me a question. Wait, <laughs> yeah. Hold on, sorry. Sorry, let me pause. Let me pause Asheville Redbird. Oh, Jive okay. Google. Jive <laughs> Google. Google. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Spreadsheet, is this the first hot tea opener ever? So, so you know, it's funny. I should know that. Um, <laughs> You've been exposed. I, th- I, I, I think it is. He's a fraud. I think it is. It definitely but, is. <laughs> yeah. And hey, you want to talk about the intro for a minute? While you yeah, I was going to say, up. can we, I, I, thank you, because I was going to say the same thing. Like, I, I wanted to do that before we get into the music. We have got yeah, let's, to talk let's, about let's this do intro. That go ahead, Neil. You to. Give me your thoughts first. Uh, oh, shit. I'll go on record. Um, holy <laughs> shit, man. That that intro was just bad. Um, Made me pr- Oh. And like, (laughs) I I don't think that like there there was like any kind of like hardcore goose fan that heard that intro and was just like, didn't cringe. Yes. Somebody finally said it. Like nobody thought that. And like, I think the entirety of, of, you know, Twitter and and all other kind of uh, jam band social spaces, like kind of were like, like, you know, screw goose fans. Like how dare they, you know, say such things. And like, man, what an awful intro! Like, you know what? I, I, I would just like not to, what anybody actually thinks about Goose. I, I, I would just think. like to preface this though by saying, like, I, I like Ari Fink, great guy. In my experience, you know, oh here we go, talking with him, he's a very nice guy. Um, but the intro was a lot. Yeah, and like I'm not saying like he's a terrible dude for saying what he said, and like I'm sure it's like really easy to arrive at those opinions and yeah. say those things. I don't know who the other person on stage was that was saying, I think the most cringeworthy things <laughs> that were to be said. Uh, Definitely. As they were, and let's not fail to mention that who followed them. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Who, who played after goose? Uh, uh, I have no idea. Or doesn't um, matter. <laughs> but in any case, like, you know, like I just like, would love to be above board on that one that like as somebody who like truly loves the band and loves their music and has dedicated a lot of my time to like listening to the music. Like that's not the way I feel. Um, I just really like their music. And like, I hope that like somehow in the, the universe of, the the jam band discourse that like people understand that that yeah, like the jam people band. who are truly yeah. loose fans like like aren't going out there and and, and saying those things yes. um, yeah yeah and in all seriousness too I hopefully everybody understands that you know goose doesn't uh, goose to me it's obvious goose doesn't have any control over what those what those people come up on the stage and say at a festival like that you know what I mean it's it's just it's out of their hands and. 
Yeah, I know there was also the, the you know kind of the question. Well, why would why would Goose like include that on the official recording? Right. And I kind of feel like I don't know. I mean, is would it be disingenuous to cut that though? Also, like, it's part of the yeah. it's part of the show. It's you know what I mean. I, I almost felt like there's there's no right answer there. You know what I mean. And so I think leaving it in there, you kind of have to. And also, you, um, you're not obligated look, to listen to it. it yeah. yeah, and and from the band's perspective, I mean. You know, if if these people are saying nice things about you, like, okay, okay, well, that's not a bad thing, obviously, but but yeah, I mean, you know, this is this is one of those one of those things that maybe kind of, I uh, does it do more harm than good? Maybe with with some people, like they hear stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of haters, and maybe that feeds the hate to like hear such over the top, you know. Because they basically were saying, I mean, I'd have to go back and listen to it again to get it verbatim. But I mean, weren't they pretty much saying like Goose is the fastest growing band in the history of the universe, and they're the yeah. next best thing, and this? Yeah, and well, it was like, little, probably just a little bit too much. Goose is I think the sliced bread. I, I think music. I think it would have served the band better to have toned that down and and maybe just kind just of had a you know that. just had yeah. like a coach like. What's going on, Sweetwater? Get loud! We've been yeah, to a for sure. Like, I mean, I, like I'll say this: Show like, me, Showwater. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, just we love you know, Imagine, imagine if, if for example, you know, Sugarbush '95, somebody came on stage to introduce Fish and said, like, "This is going to be the, like the next greatest band like ever," and like you know, the whole world would have like just thrown up. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, but I would have been like, "You goddamn right, they're the fucking well, yeah." Next so what am I? I was there. Okay. Uh, but like, yeah. we get it. You were at uh, shows. Uh, in any case, uh, should we talk shall about we the music? To the set? How about yeah, that rock deal? Okay, How about that so, rock deal. So we did mention there was a hot tea opener. Uh, I think we can, you know, take this one kind of in chunks. Uh, Rockdale Hunger Site Moby. Um, you know, this Rockdale really cool for its you know kind of standardish sixteen minute runtime. Great. Great little jam in the middle there, kind of a little bit different uh, than we've seen normally. I do think so. They they've been playing Rockdale a lot slower this year. I understand why. I think, but I I, I would like uh, and I hope that they uh, eventually will go back to playing it at the kind of uh, more upbeat tempo that they did in twenty twenty one. You know, the the mission version is kind of my benchmark for that. Hunger Sight on on its third outing, just you know. Really, really great song still. Um, nice catchy riffs and lyrics, and I, I think it's going to continue to be a jam vehicle. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we have three or four versions of it on uh, the bracket for this year. Um, and then leading into Moby, you know how I feel about Moby. Uh, this was the perfect song to drop on a, on a jam band festival crowd, you know, full of people who may not be that familiar with the band. Like, you know, if if you're if you're kind of like listening to this and you're like, oh, it's Goose, okay, whatever. Moby Moby's gonna make you, you know, pay attention to what's going on. Like that that's good stuff right there. Well, I think like we said too, it, especially for people at a festival, right? If you're walking by, yeah, and that's like the first thing you hear and notice, like, you're like, whoa, oh, <laughs> <laughs> bass bomb, yeah. But it's um, you know, the cool thing about the tea that opens that show is that Peter. Um, really dives into the T and really starts kind of like ripping from the get-go, which he hasn't really done over the last year or so. I think that was like one of my complaints about the the T from Belly Up, 
where like Peter kind of like, like kind of fakes, like he's going to like get in, into it. And then like kind of later gets into really like kind of ripping on the vintage vibe um, for that. But um, you know, that that's, that's a hell of a way to start a show and yeah. like an amazing way to start a festival set. I, I mean, overall, I think as far as festival sets goes, go um, you know, folks have like complaints about like whether or not this would like, had energy and, and things like that. And I, I think this is like a near perfectly composed festival set. Hell of a as set. far as I'm concerned, like Rockdale is a standard Rockdale, right? Um, but a standard Rockdale still, is a really good Rockdale. Indeed. Still slaps. Um, standard Rockdale slaps. I'd take standard uh, Rockdale over quite a few. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so that was an amazing choice for this show. Uh, I picked that on my fantasy goose because I knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Um, and then the pancakes, I, I think there's a lot that can be said about that pancakes, but like, I don't want to dive into that. Cause I think we're going to talk a little bit about that pancakes, like all, all of us and stacks then on stacks. Yeah. And then the, the choice of kind of dropping in like California magic and, uh, silver rising was perfect. And I, I think you can make a complaint that like, it kind of like made the show slow and made folks like kind of subdued and, and whatever, but if you're playing a festival set, like you want Rick to sing, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that, that's like the thing that's going to like bring people into this band and like Rick sung and sounded amazing in those two tunes. And, yep. and Silver uh, Rising really also showcases the songwriting. Like that is indeed. such a good yeah, song. Yeah, for sure. And like, I can't imagine a festival set without it actually in, 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 in terms of this kind of festival set. So I, I, I love that those were included and, I'm surprised that that's a criticism of this set. Mm-hmm. I really am. Always looking to find holes, right? Right. Yeah. And the no, mail I like sack. That. I think that, yeah, this, yeah, is the mail sack, my show. I think fun opening. Um, I don't have a ton to say otherwise. I, you know, I, it's funny as I, and I, I realized it in the moment, of course, once hunger site was played again, but this is another example of um, uh, when we have, uh, we had four, of the first five songs that uh, if you look at, and we go back to drip field, slow ready, we forgot to mention that was, is what's on the album. So it'll be curious to see if that's a progression of sort of the um, drone off. And then you had hot tea, which is also on drip field, which I always fail to realize, but when you tie it into hunger site, a lot of lyrical references, the same like weapons, soldier, war, um, that Rick sort of tied together. And it's, it's funny when, when I hear like hot tea on it in isolation, I don't put it with those songs, but maybe packaging them like this, I, I didn't even realize it until right now. And then you have Rockdale, which is another new song off another album, right? So they're, they're showcasing and then Moby off Ted tapes. They're showcasing a lot of newer relevant material here, but a song like hot tea is so old and I think of it and it was like, well, that's a damn good opener. So yeah, I just, I think just so that is my, that's my piece at the beginning and then to put in Moby, um, just a great sort of first half of the set. So D now that you're saying it right now, I'm staring at the set list and like, Holy crap. Like every single one of these songs is like a a newer ish song Mm -hmm. outside of Yeti. Mm -hmm. You know, that's crazy. California magic too, which we didn't even the whole show. Yeah. And I think uh, just in terms of energy, it was like, you know, hot tea, here's some energy, you know, riding it up a little bit, soft landing with the Moby, and then the energy coming back up again with uh, Yeti all through Empress. 
Yeah, great festival. Peaks and, peaks and valleys for sure. Yeah, man. Great. Put it in great a good way. Set. Well yeah. executed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got you got something to say? Do you want to bridge us into this stack? Yeah, they clearly, you know, came out with intent, you know. And I wonder if after Ari's intro, you know, did you know, did we audible? I don't know. Did we see a printed set list of this? I think so. Probably. Yes, we did. Yeah. We did. Yeah, there was one missing one tune from that set list, which we didn't talk about, um, which well, would have been awesome it? in the set. Uh, fish in the sea. Fish in oh, the that's sea. right. Yeah, fish right. in the sea. Fish in the sea. Okay. 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 So, so that's good. It's it's good that they that they crafted the set list and they weren't thrown off by the intro and they and they stuck with it. So that that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, but it's a fire set list. I mean, nobody can argue with that. I think I think everybody's always thinking, you know festival set okay so we gotta you know obviously want to play our great songs and you know we're gonna do some jamming but not too much jamming you know do no covers we, either yeah i want to be selective about covers if we even do any you know there's all, all, all these choices to make and i felt like they navigated that really well here i think this is about and at 420 fest i mean obviously it's, it's your kind of your it's your demographic so now, what, now it's what just de- what okay, demographic th- th- these are fans that that like jam music you know, so let's let's break out our great songs. You know, let's break out the stuff that we do well. And then the big jam was obviously pancakes. And and I think that's a good point that it's a lot of new stuff. And I also loved seeing California Magic. I love that song. I, I love that they have the confidence to drop that here. Same with Silver Rising. I, I agree. I agree, Neil. I mean, don't really see that. Don't really get the criticism um, if there was much there. Um, and the California Magic, by the way, it's probably silly at this point to say that this was the GOAT CA Magic, but it, it, you know, frankly, it probably is. And they did that nice little walk up. In the last chorus, they add mm-hmm. a little bit of something new. There was a little bit of extra fire, I thought, to Rick solo. Extra mustard. Super, yeah, mm. super, super strong version. And uh, everything else, I think, was was fairly standard, if you will, but strong versions of everything. You know, but from a jam perspective, I think Pancakes was really where where we got the standout jam. And you know, there's two really big jams here. The first jam I thought was phenomenal. You know, just Really cool stuff. Nice build. Nice peak. And then, you know, when they settled that after that first peak, after the peak of that first jam, I thought how they settled that down and transitioned into kind of the, you know, just kind of the landing kind of chill area before they started to to make their way into, into the second jam was really well done. It was a really nice transition. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably still, you know, a mid stack, you know, cake for me. But mm-hmm. definitely, but, but strong. I mean, I, it was it was good. It highlighted that show for me. And then, you know, when Peter says, you know, we've got one more for you. I mean, if you're not guessing Empress at that point, you know, I, I would it was say the Arcadia. I would say Arcadia yeah. too. Yeah, I was thinking I, I, Arcadia myself. You know, oh, it was Empress. Yeah, yeah. No, it, Arcadia. No. Arcadia is for the mainstream festivals. Empress. But also, Empress was for the 420 crowd. And like we said, if we take a look at the set as a whole, if I look at this right, we don't have that. I mean, Hot Tea, Arcadia are two of your biggest songs, though, too. And anyways, whatever. Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry you didn't you didn't know Empress was coming. Well, we did. We, <laughs> we heard did. Rick counting it off. We I did. Wait, we said, so, well, here's Empress. And, right. and Rick and, you know, pro tip for those of you who watch, 
you know, Rick on stage. As he's counting an empress, and he turns around and starts doing this like little bounce thing Bobbing, towards yep. Ben. Um, and that's that's how you know. Are there uh, are there pe- people among us that did not choose Empress for fantasy? We all had it, right? I would so. assume. I hope so. But Neil, Neil definitely that, did. That, that <laughs> first peak in in pancakes. Um, uh, that first peak in pancakes was somewhat magical. Um, if this is not like a like a top of the stack, you know, pancakes. If we're gonna say it like a mid stack, it's not a mids pancakes, right? Like this is not mids. Yeah, this is, it's not a beaster. Is, it's not. It's not a beaster of a pancake. No beaster pancakes. No, it's definitely. Um, it, the, I mean, that first peak is incredible um, and awesome that they dropped that on a festival crowd. I mean, they they really committed to that that pancakes jam, and yeah, man, hell of a hell of a jam, absolutely hell of a jam. And then you know the the empress that closed it out was was a good empress empress like has its spot and you know you can close out a set with empress anytime it it, it sounds amazing and i i, I really you know i, I want to talk about this empress a little bit you know not least because Shocker. of the clav um but <laughs> i think this is now the gold standard for um a you know i guess quote-unquote standard empress you know, hitting that yeah. fourteen minute mark. I think 14, before 15, this, yeah. I think before yeah. this, my go to would have been the the Suwani version, but the, you know, this one now, like from the get go, you've got that Trevor bass solo, and he does that thing that he's been doing as of late, where in his solo he starts driving the jam into that minor key groove, and then they just latch onto that, and it just gets dirty. You know, Rick lays into that rhythm playing, Peter hops on the clav, just starts tearing it up. You know that that section is just incredible. Um, you know, and, and, you know, as much as I obviously am going to highlight Peter's clav playing, it's Trevor's bass playing there that really makes that section, um, you know, at first leading it and then just, just pushing underneath. And then obviously they, they rip into that peak and then, you know, it's, it's relatively concise as well. You know, I, I think we've spoken about how, you know, we'd love a good 14 minute Empress every once in a while. It doesn't always have to be 20, 23 minutes. Yep, um, it really does not. And so I, yep. I, I think playing more empresses in this fashion as, you know, an encore or a, or a set closer, you know, love to see more of it. But I, I think this version was really, really great. And I think I'm going to go back to it a lot. Perfect great. tune for it. Yeah, yep. great, great bookend, yeah. uh, bookend song, front end or back end. Yeah, and, and, and I was thinking the same thing, Ryan, when you started talking about that, because, you know, we, we have talked about that just like in terms of like the efficiency of jams and for some of these songs like Empress and Creatures, maybe Tumble to a lesser degree, is there an opportunity there to maybe bring bring efficiency into some of those jams that maybe maybe they don't all have to go 18, 20 minutes if there's not, you know, maybe a great idea to explore, or mm-hmm. in this case, I think it was probably more time management, but 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 I think, yeah, you make the good point that these are great these are these are great songs and it's okay you know it's okay that the Asheville echo opener was 11 minutes like that's okay you know what i mean we're just yeah we're just not going to get a 20 minute version of everything all the time and so so yeah so i agree this was a really good concise just powerful high energy version the crowd it's a it's a crowd pleaser and yeah, yeah, no reason to not see more of that. And to and for the band, I, I sometimes I wonder like does the band maybe feel feel like they have to jam some of this stuff out 
you know, every time. And is it, is it, is it, it's so, so maybe it's a good sign to see stuff like this, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then our, our final show of the run, uh, the Beale street music festival in Memphis on May 1st, you know, I, I think we don't really need to go through every song of this set. Uh, I think there's just a couple bits and pieces we can pull out. Um, but I, I think, you know, obviously it's not something I, as you know, a super fan of the band, I'm going to be compelled to go back and re-listen to a ton, if at all. But for somebody who doesn't know Goose, you know, playing to a crowd at a festival like Beale Street that's not a jam band festival, you know, you don't have, you know, there are obviously some established Goose fans in the crowd uh, who went to the festival to see them or are at the festival. But for the most part, you're playing to people who don't know who you are, you know, and you can you can hear Peter does his, we're the Goose from Connecticut in um, in his intro. And, you know, the longest song of the set is a 12-minute So Ready. I think this serves the purpose really, really well. Uh, somebody on Twitter mentioned, you know, it reminds a lot of like a 2018 or 2019 Goose uh, set. A lot of shorter songs playing hits. Was that Neil? It was was it Neil? It, I, I think it was someone else, but I, I agree with it. Um, and I, I am actually, I'm very surprised at the presence of uh, Green River and Electric Avenue here. I figured they'd go the all originals route for this show again. Um, but, you know, I think we could definitely talk about Born and kind of yep. go in, into the evolution of that song a little bit more. I've, I've been thinking about this a lot the past couple of days and kind of where I stand on the different versions that have cropped up and how, how I feel about the different parts of the songs. You know, we kind of have, we have the song proper. We've got the synth build that was present for the first uh, few versions. We've got that um, kind of laid back piano major key jam that's in this version. And uh, I believe Nashville and Royal Oak. And then we've got that back end funky jam uh, that we talked about uh, earlier in Charleston. You know, in, in my mind, I feel like that funk jam doesn't fit the tone of the song. You know, I, I don't know how unpopular this opinion is, probably unpopular, but in, in my head, I'm kind of envisioning a Bourne where you get the song, the synth build, and then that leads into that major key piano jam. And that's kind of it. You know, I, I, I think they've come out with so many amazing jam vehicles, you know, over the last few months even. And I, I think Bourne, I think it would work better you know, not having that open-ended jam on the back and sticking to kind of like that more ballady space. But that, that, that's just me, you know. It, that's I think we're opinion. we're all still on the the Seattle version is probably the preferable yeah. version of Born at this point. Uh, I would love to see them go back to that and 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 feel that one out more. But again, I'm not playing the music, so <laughs> whatever they feel comfortable with is all good. But that that's definitely a a, a pleasant one to listen to and go back to often I, i'm with you ryan i i like this board this board like feels like a board that could slide into a set like here and there and it doesn't have to be a centerpiece of a set like you can just come out there and, and play this tune which is a beautiful tune and you know it it doesn't have to do more than just be born right like you can slap a funk jam on the end of it um and then have it be kind of something more than just like the song itself in a set uh, and I don't think it's necessary. Like, I, I think if you're talking about the, the tunes they played in, in this particular set, this is like one of my favorites, one of two. 
and Bourne does have an identity crisis right now, right? Yes. Like it, like they don't know what the hell they want to do with this tune. Um, and there's so many different ways it can be played at this point. And if this is the one they land on, I wouldn't be mad. I, I, like, would, I, yeah. I think this I is a be. great way to play this song. <laughs> I, I'm with so, Neil here. I, well, but here, so I, you, let's be clear. There's two, I feel like there's two pieces that we're talking about. There's, does it need to have the open-ended funk jam yeah. or let's just say the open-ended jam, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's part number one, which obviously Beale Street doesn't have that and that's okay. But then there's the slow build piece. And I feel like I really, for like me, that. that's essential. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, I feel like without that, it, the, the song doesn't have the emotional powerfulness to, on me at least. And maybe as, that's not what they're going for. At the, but at, that, at, and, at and that's okay. But yeah, you know, I, I just, I, I, like I said, Not I just Chris. feel like there's two pieces there. I think, I think, I think short is okay, but I, th- but I still think it's, it's better with the slow build jam and they, then they can go out, they can go without the, you know, the 2001 jam or this, the long, the lengthy Seattle, you know, piano driven jam. They can leave that off and I'd be fine with the short version provided it has that slow build. I think that, that I'm just saying that's an essential part for me. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I'd also, you know, love to see them use this this piano jam here in this in this Beale one that that kind of jam. You know, you go song slow build into this, and then you know, if you need to, if you want to have a jam, you could jam out of this. I think. Is and the great news one? is, like we mentioned earlier, Born was the only repeat. Yes. Of these yep. four shows, so uh, identity crisis or not, they want to play it. So. And that's that's a great good. Song. I, right. I work, yeah, absolutely. Work, work it out. Like work they it can out. play it any way they want to play it. Yep. Like, yeah, right. keep, exper- keep experimenting. You know, keep work experimenting, but just include yep. this low bill jam, and then we're good. <laughs> there you go. Then, then drive keep away. playing it, but uh, because I do get a little bit tight. Yeah, I, I yeah. think the two thousand and one stuff. You know, it's, it a is little, it is. it's a little easy. Yes. Yeah. Can um, we talk about lead the way from the show? Sure. Uh, that you because, know, I'm, I'm surprised that actually that that wasn't the the second song that I thought you were talking about. But please continue. Um. Oh, really? Uh. I mean, this lead the way is like really, really good. I think every time they play this tune, um, it's wonderful. And there, I mean, there's a solid stretch in this where they really take it to like a a pretty um, amazingly beautiful exploratory space in the very very short period of time they played this tune, and. Like I, I love this tune here. And like if you listen close to the boards, I think they might have lost the crowd a little bit on this one, but they didn't lose me. I, I no. mean, it was really uh out of all the things they played, this this one might have grabbed me the most. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, it it it's 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 such a great tune. I wish they played it more. They used to play it a whole lot more mm-hmm. and now they don't. And it was a hell of a tune to drop on a, a festival set. I, I think this one was a kind of like a perfect little cookie for, for folks like us who like kind of like devour this stuff. It's a, yeah. Yeah. It, it's just a great song. I mean, right. Right. Lyrically. I, I, I wasn't incredible. I mean, I wasn't probably incredibly surprised to see it here. It's a short version though. I mean, it is a short version, but the quote I love out of that piece, Neil was, they may have lost the crowd. But they but didn't, they didn't lose, me. lose me. Yeah, they right. They didn't lose me. Very yep. cute. 
They'll never, the, they'll never lose me. The cookie, yeah, thing right. Well, that's the, the cookie yeah. thing was cute. Green River, <laughs> they, they may have lost me. I don't know. I mean, I was it me? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know. It's, it's good too. So, too. Electric Avenue, by the way, um, joined. I'm writing a novel and Sinnerman as the next as the third cover to be played three times. And so I, I, th- I think that's another just kind of just a little interesting tidbit. You know, when I think about covers and, you know, when I look at, when I look at the list of covers that they've played this year and, you know, so, so the, the, those three songs stand out as being played three times. Right. And there's a, there's a whole list of covers that have been played once. And so, and so it does start to get interesting, like, Oh, you know, why why is this cover being played three times as many as as maybe the average cover and so, where well, is the way it B, is well b now in the streets. well yeah it's on violence. one play you know now in the streets there is violence and yeah and lots of work to be done deep man okay yeah All right. so, so a little bit of an interesting choice i mean i mean i don't know is maybe there's a maybe there's Things a, a, a tie-in to memphis with, with Electric Avenue, or I mean, is Eddie Grant from Memphis? I don't know. You know, there could be some, there could be something tying in, tying it into that show. But I just can't help but, but look at the list of covers that are kind of in play, so to speak, that have been played this year. And you know, there's there's just a ton that have that are sitting on one play, and and for some reason, Electric Avenue gets three plays, and I just wonder about that. That's all. It's mm-hmm. baloney. Yeah. It is. I'm not trying to be a hater. It is baloney, though. How about that? I I think so. I know we're not going to get guys, state of I the art. I think you guys got to check out the lyrics for Electric Avenue, and this is all going to kind of just go together. So the album is called Killer on a Rampage for Eddie Grant, and then you have this other lyric in here, working so hard like a soldier. I mean, just drip field. Drip field everywhere. Anyway. anyway. Man. It's all are we ready? Are we ready for uh, our mail sack segment? Sack. <laughs> yeah let's do it so uh thank you to everybody who responded uh on twitter today we appreciate all of you uh if you would like to participate uh follow us at aat goose pod on twitter and instagram uh we do send out a tweet uh the morning of the day that we record uh asking for people to send in uh favorite moments any questions um but we're gonna pick through a few of them right now uh give you a little spot here Kicking off our mail sack segment, we've got a response from Blaze of Shame at Blaze of Shame. Thank you very much. Uh, do we know who writes the band setlist slash how they put them together? Saw the EGT interview with Coach where he said he writes them out, but wasn't sure if he chooses the songs himself. Assume not. This run was interesting from that POV given the varying audiences slash objectives. Um, so in my experience, you know, when, it, when I saw the setlist being written out, it is Rick, Peter, and Coach kind of come up with the songs together, mostly Rick and Peter. Um, and then Coach actually physically writes them out on the sheets of paper that they take on stage with them. And, you know, I, I think there were a lot of, obviously, they had two headlining shows to kick off the run and then two festival sets of very different festivals. Um, you know, I, I think at Sweetwater, they definitely went for the approach of, you know, we're going to, play some of our our more jammy tunes you know we're going to give a little bit more space to all of the songs and then they saved a lot of their quote-unquote hits you know for the beale street festival like you know stuff you'd think of as the hits drive lead the way turned clouds all i need so ready arcadia 
you know, stuff like classic Goose songs from the catalog. Obviously, there are a lot that were played earlier in the tour, but you, know, you can't leave them all for a one hour slot at a festival. But it's an interesting point about the, the set list evolving. I think we're going to continue to see unusual placements of songs as the year goes on. And I'm excited to see how that continues to develop. Danny, do you want to go next? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, th- thanks for that, Brian. Good lead on the sack. Uh, next up, I have one from Matt at Hot Snakes 81. He says, Dr. Darkness, Rick Pedal Jams are Nar Sauce. Amen, brother. Eloquent. So eloquent. Yeah, just. I'm going to say, I'm going to guess true. <laughs> uh, D for darkness. Yes. So I agree. Matt, thanks for the thanks for the mail sack. Uh we appreciate the message and um keep keep it keep it nar. Kev, how about you, man? Well, thanks for the toss, brother. Uh I can't really find the thread that we're uh uh talking in, so I'm just going to take what I see here from a always almost there uh pod response from a familiar face. Uh Micah Atkin asks, "Who's your favorite goose sibling?" And of course, we answered Elise, right? Uh, yes. Mike is also pretty awesome, and uh, we appreciate her interactions with our uh, Goose community, leading our Goose community here on Twitter, and also promoting us through her tweets when she can. Thank you for that. Yeah, I really cool. hope her uh, her flooding situation mm-hmm. uh, has been resolved. Uh, you know, I was concerned. Um, I just hope everything's okay. Yeah, it sounds really shitty. So... Uh... Tyler Hensley asks, uh, what's each of your all's favorite moment from a goose show you were at? Uh-huh. And I got a good one um, because we'll go around. The, there's like a, yeah, we should all do this. Um, there's a, a singular moment for me that kind of like changed everything, I, I, I think. And that was uh, uh, my brother and I went to South Farms to see goose at Halloween, which, you know, of course got curveballed. And then we went back a week later or so. And then they played uh, Slow Ready. Um, and like Slow Ready is like on, on my like, you know, hierarchy of goose tunes that I love. It's not really way high up there. But the 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 laser Slow Ready that happened was, I mean, one of the most remarkable live music moments I think I've ever seen. And, you know, I've said a lot of hyperbolic things uh, about that moment, about like I, I've seen some pretty incredible like live uh, music things in, in terms of the, the gym community. I was, I was there for the, the Harry hood glow stick jam. And <laughs> like that one, like absolutely was one of the more incredible moments I've ever seen. And this one, like it, it's not quite there, uh, not even close to there, but like it, it's up there in that conversation. It, it absolutely like, it's hard to put into words, like how amazing the vibe was in that place, uh, like sitting on an edge of a hill in Northwest Connecticut, um, which is where I grew up. And then like having like all of this happen at once. And I, I think a whole bunch of us turned and actually, instead of cheering the band, we just turned towards Getty and cheered Getty. Love that. And it was such an incredible experience. And I, I think as long as I go to goose shows, it's, it's going to take a lot to kind of catch up to like how I think we all felt in the moment in the crowd there. So that's, that's mine. We're always chasing that feeling, Neil. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, nice it, it was incredible. Nice I, I got to say, you know, my favorite moment out of the six shows that I've seen so far, um, it's kind of a toss-up between two. You know, on one hand, you've got 
uh, at my first show at Goosemas, you know, getting to experience, you know, straight burden uh, with Neil. That was very, very special. Yeah. Uh, and everybody at Mohegan. And the second one, uh, you know, being the DC Wisteria, you know, be- being in the room for that was just mind blowing. D, what about you? I'd say my, uh, my favorite moment off the cuff without thinking much legend Valley, the second part of Madhavan out of Moby was one of the like most intense moments of music I'd say that I've seen with them. And, uh, yeah, pretty special. Yeah. Kevin, what about you? All time fave. Oh man. I don't know if I can narrow it down. If I'm vibing out, like, the way it is at Eau Claire, like those, yeah. those two nights, just, man, I can't even, I can't narrow it down for me. It, it's the camaraderie of those six shows over that seven days, the two that happened in Eau Claire, the two that happened in Montana, and then coming home here to, to Denver. Those, those are, those are the ones for me. Yep. Good, good run. B, B, why don't you round us out and take us into the final mail sack? So, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm probably going to echo Kev, six-night run, Eau Claire, Montana, Denver. What's awesome about those six shows is that I saw all six of them with Kev, and I saw four of them with D, and then I saw four of them with, with Neil, Neil, even though we yeah. weren't you know, we weren't totally hanging the whole time. Um, you know, he had a separate crew that he was balling with. Um, <laughs> his own gong gang. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, we were like, we were like his second gong gang at that point. Uh, um, we weren't pals yet. Then. We were but, uh, B, B, but it's yeah, all B good. Team. B team. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, cause I do, I will always remember, I mean, you know, those, Eau Claire and and Livingston especially. I mean, those were those were just such special shows. And yeah, definitely. I think about the way it is. Uh, I can I can I can picture clearly those moments. Um, you know, of of us hanging out. You know, being super psyched about that. And then uh, and then up in Montana for, you know, the great jams there. The all I need and the wisteria. I mean. Just, just, just really great times, and almost, you know, I'd almost say that because you know, musically, then yeah, I'd probably say Mission Ballroom Arcadia, you know, would be up there. But I, my, my first thoughts, to be honest, are just about you know, hanging with just all the great people, you Indeed. know what I mean, and not Indeed. just the people on on this pod, but you know, all the other awesome people that you know were just constantly running into and hanging out with. And I mean, I'm so stoked for Dylan and Red Rocks and Ryan was kind of teasing me earlier. I haven't been any shows this year and blah, blah, blah. But I mean that, that you're almost 48, man. I know dude. It's, it's uh <laughs> time's running out really for me. And so Back I think that's why I'm looking forward to these shows that, that much more. Um, so that's all I'll say about that one. Um, and and if we're gonna if you want me to move on, you know, through the mail sack, finish I up would that say, mail sack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I there, there, there's a couple in here. Um, so the whole show was great, but I enjoyed the Asheville Jively and Ash Bird. Some jam exploration in the prior nights born might be worth discussing. That's from Finger Gun Pew Pew. 
And I would say, yeah, I agree. That person's totally right. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say that's a great comment and I totally agree. And let me do one more. Please talk about how Moby is the best song. It's Goose's What's the Use. I got a fever and the only prescription is more Moby. That's from Jesus at, Christ, Ryan. At Ryan Storm. Yeah. At, <laughs> it echoes my it's sentiment. S A N I T Y J T. Sanity Josh Thornton. S A N I found my J T from six hours ago. And I, I, yeah, I mean, I would say true on that one as well. Well, thank you. You know, I, I, I appreciate, you know, everybody who has sat through an hour and a half of four oh, shows. I'm sorry, Ryan, I'm so sorry. Can I do one more? Oh, yes. You do. You did say you had one more thing to talk about. Um, from our, this is from our good buddy, Rock, at Strangest Design. Yes. <laughs> it's, I mean, look, <laughs> I, there's nothing for me to read. It's, uh, it's just an image. It's, it's an animated image of a gif, what appears will. to be. The GIF? Luigi eating a pancake and then floating up into the into the sky. And I think that what Rock is really telling us all here is that, you know, Luigi is a metaphor for our spirit as our spirit rises during the uh, performance of every version of pancakes. And so, again, I think I would just probably say true on this one. <laughs> spirit. <laughs> People pancake. are on fire tonight. Fantastic. So anyway, thank you for everybody who has listened uh, to us talk about four shows for an hour and a half. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. If there's mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. Definitely. It's it's, no, it's mostly dudes. (laughs) Yeah. They have moms. Based on based on the analytics I get. I just reminded a bunch of dudes to buy flowers. I I just gonna say, yeah, dudes, there's your reminder. (laughs) Well, now more than ever, I appreciate the women in your life. Yes. Um, indeed. So, but you know, I, I incorrectly, you know, you think I'd learn, but I, I figured we'd be an hour maximum on this recording, but I, I don't know why knowing the five of us, Charleston Um, way to go rookie (laughs) and feel free to leave a, leave a comment, um, on Twitter. If you felt like we could have gone longer. Yes. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> we, we would love we would love more uh, if we didn't talk about because I don't think we should be cutting it short if it's yes. if it's the content that the people want. Yes. That's all I'm saying. That's more Charleston. Let, let us know if 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 you want to hear us ramble for longer. You know, I, I think I think like Goose, you know, this are our, I believe our longest break since we started the podcast. But no yeah, string problems here. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, we will see you again in a few weeks. Um, we will be splitting the summer tour into some smaller chunks for recap episodes. So they're a little bit more digestible, but, you know, we'll end up taking three shows and talking about them for two hours anyway. <laughs> but it just means you're getting more detail on every show. So it, it's all good. It's quality analysis, really. Exactly. Don't forget, you know, obviously, if there's any comments or commentary you want to share with us please reach out to us on social media at aat goose pod we we love goose we assume you do too if you're still listening thank Grab you very a shirt, much. represent yes be kind to each other all of the above have a great time it shows this summer everybody no matter who you're seeing and uh we will see you again soon thanks for listening cheers bye
Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.